Section 68 of Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World Story, Volume 11, Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. Edited by Eva March Tapin. Section 68. The Adventures of Columbus off the Coast of Trinidad. 1498. By Washington Irving. On the 2nd of August, he, Columbus, continued on to the southwest point of Trinidad, which he called Point Arenal. It stretched towards a corresponding point of terra firma, making a narrow pass, with a high rock in the centre, to which he gave the name El Gallo. Near this pass the ships cast anchor. As they were approaching this place, a large canoe with twenty-five Indians put off from the shore, but paused on coming within bowshot, and hailed the ship in a language which no one on board understood. Columbus tried to allure the savages on board by friendly signs, by the display of looking-glasses, basins of polished metal, and various glittering trinkets, but all in vain. They remained gazing in mute wonder for above two hours, with their paddles in their hands, ready to take flight on the least attempt to approach them. They were all young men, well-formed and naked, excepting bands and fillets of cotton about their heads, and coloured cloths of the same about their loins. They were armed with bows and arrows, the latter feathered and tipped with bone, and they had bucklers, an article of armour seen for the first time among the inhabitants of the New World. Finding all other means to attract them ineffectual, Columbus now tried the power of music. He knew the fondness of the Indians for dances performed to the sound of their rude drums and the chant of their traditional ballads. He ordered something similar to be executed on the deck of the ship, where, while one man sang to the beat of the tabor and the sound of other musical instruments, the ship boys danced after the popular Spanish fashion. No sooner, however, did this symphony strike up and the Indians, mistaking it for a signal of hostilities, put their bucklers on their arms, seized their bows, and let fly a shower of arrows. This rude salutation was immediately answered by a discharge of a couple of crossbows, which put the auditors to flight, and concluded this singular entertainment. After anchoring at Point Arenal, the crews were permitted to land and refresh themselves. There were no runs of water, but by sinking pits in the sand, they soon obtained sufficient to fill the casks. The anchorage at this place, however, was extremely insecure. A rapid current set from the eastward through the strait formed by the mainland and the island of Trinidad, flowing, as Columbus observed, night and day, with as much fury as the Guadalquivir when swollen by floods. In the pass between Point Arenal and its corresponding point, the confined current boiled and raged to such a degree that he thought it was crossed by a reef of rocks and shoals, preventing all entrance, with others extending beyond, over which the waters roared like breakers on a rocky shore. To this pass, 
with its angry and dangerous appearance, he gave the name Boca del Sierpe, the mouth of the serpent. He thus found himself placed between two difficulties. The continual current from the east seemed to prevent all return, while the rocks which appeared to beset the pass threatened destruction if he should proceed. Being on board his ship late at night, kept awake by painful illness and an anxious and watchful spirit, he heard a terrible roaring from the south and beheld the sea heaped up, as it were, into a great ridge or hill, the height of the ship, covered with foam and rolling towards him with a tremendous uproar. As this furious surge approached, rendered more terrible in appearance by the obscurity of night, he trembled for the safety of his vessels. His own ship was suddenly lifted up to such a height that he dreaded lest it should be overturned or cast upon the rocks, while another of the ships was torn violently from her anchorage. The crews were for a time in great consternation, fearing they should be swallowed up, but the mountainous surge passed on and gradually subsided after a violent contest with the countercurrent of the strait. This sudden rush of water, it is supposed, was caused by the swelling of one of the rivers which flows into the Gulf of Paria and which were as yet unknown to Columbus. Anxious to extricate himself from this dangerous neighbourhood, he sent the boats on the following morning to sound the depth of water at the Boca de Sierpe, and to ascertain whether it was possible for ships to pass through to the northward. To his great joy, they returned with a report that there were several fathoms of water, and currents and eddies setting both ways, either to enter or return. A favourable breeze prevailing, he immediately made sail, and passing through the formidable strait in safety, found himself in a tranquil expanse beyond. End of section 68. This recording is in the public domain.